We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Until I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. And we're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. On this Super Sunday, February the 12th, 2023, it's the Field of 68 Afternoon. After dark, something like that. Sirius XM, Palace Channel 84. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're taking your questions. We're talking Super Bowl appetizers. We're going to talk about if a college basketball coach were a football coach, who would you take? We're going to talk about all that. I've got Coach Matt McCall with me. I've got Geo Baker here with me. I'm John Fanta, and happy Super Sunday. After tonight, Coach McCall, after tonight, guess what takes center stage? The NCAA tournament, the greatest sporting event. No knock on the Super Bowl. I'm a golf guy. I love the Masters. I love the Ryder Cup. Um, I love the Olympics, but nothing's better than the NCAA tournament. Nothing comes close. True or false, Geo Baker? <laughs> oh, no, it's absolutely true. I, I 100% agree. Geo, let me yeah. ask you this, too. As a player, I know this is a coach. Like and you used to try to explain this to your teams, guys. There's there's no better feeling than having your name called on that Sunday. That there is no better mm-hmm. feeling. The celebration that happens, the anticipation of that first round game. Whether I was an assistant coach, a head coach at Chattanooga, that Sunday is it, it's the best feeling, right? Am I right? Hundred percent. I think I think it just starts with like day one of of the off season, the goal is to make the NCAA tournament. So it's like on, on Sunday, when you hear your name called, it's like, you, you just reached that ultimate goal. And there's no better feeling than that in, in life and in, in anything, right. It's just reaching, reaching your goal. So to me, it was, it was a special moment, man. hundred percent. No doubt. Here's the thing. We're four weeks away from selection Sunday. As we're four weeks out, coach McCall, give America uh, an assessment of what they can expect from the stretch run, but more importantly, what they can expect from this NCAA tournament based on the current climate of college basketball. Mm-hmm. What do we know? What can we expect? Well, I think the stretch run is going to be so important, right? And I know I mentioned FAU a bunch on the field of 68, and the only reason I bring them up so much, I have great respect for Dusty May. They're 45 minutes down the road from where I live. So I've seen them play a bunch. I did the game yesterday, but I'm just using them as an example. Yeah. They're in Conference USA. They're tied with Purdue and Houston for the best record in the country. But because of the league that they're in right now, they can't have any slip-ups coming down the road. They could probably lose one or two and still get in. But if they – let's just say they, uh, you know, win the conference championship – uh, within the next, you know, three games, they've got a three-game lead, and then they drop two after they win the regular season. Man, then they got to go win the tournament. So I just use them as an example. Like, there's a lot of situations like that around the country that are going to make this stretch run so important. 
I think this tournament is going to be so much fun to watch because of the parody in college basketball this year. Right. We can talk about Purdue, who's absolutely outstanding. We can talk about Houston, who's had an unbelievable year. We can talk about those teams. We can talk about Alabama. We can talk about the top, you know, three, three to five, whatever it may be. But everyone's been beat too, and everyone's shown weaknesses at times, which is going to make this tournament, man, one, probably one of the more exciting tournaments to watch in years past, just because there's so much parody and. I think we're going to see a team make it to Houston that nobody's talking about right now. I really do. You know, we talked so much about Gonzaga early on, and now it's, oh, they've fallen off this, that, they've been beaten, da, da, da. but, you know, are they a team with Drew Timmy that can make a run? I think you're going to see something like that. Someone that no one is expecting to make a run uh, is going to make a run and end up in Houston because of the parity this year in college basketball. Yeah, I agree. I think – I mean, always in March, it's expect the unexpected, but this year just feels it just has even more of that feeling where you really like if I were to pick right now who was going to win the NCAA tournament, I have no idea. I I got no clue, honestly, the way some of these teams have been playing. It's been even the top teams, like you said, everyone's already been beaten. There's been inconsistencies. Purdue's shown their weaknesses, a ton of weaknesses, right? That their guard play sometimes, turnovers, not being able to handle that pressure you know shooting at times and that's the number one team in the country and so you know you 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 can go down the list and you look at all these teams it's the same thing and that's what makes it exciting though like that's what makes march madness march madness that's what makes it so exciting what makes it so fun so i'm ready for it man i know you guys are too fanta how about this too like even like houston and they they marcus sasser they are they are terrific I, i i love them they play so hard defensively Right, But because of the league that they're in, have they been tested like some of these other teams? You know, because of the conference that they're no. playing in. Like, like you know, the Big 12 every single night, man. Holy cow. You better bring it. Like, you, you, I mean, oh, my goodness. There's so many good teams in that league that you get battle tested every single night. And I'm not saying, you know, Houston can't make it to Houston. They could, they could make it to Houston. They're that good. They can win the national championship. But there's something to be said about these teams that are going up against the best every single night and preparing themselves for any situations that's thrown to them, you know, come March. Here's the thing. Four weeks away from Selection Sunday, if I had to place a pick to win the NCAA tournament, I do think that you could argue that this team is the most obvious choice. And the reason why I say that is they have the best all-around talent in college basketball. He will hear his name very, very early in the night on draft night in June in Brooklyn. This team has a completeness about them. They are one of only two teams to rank in Ken Palm top 15 adjusted offense and defense efficiency. This team is 12-0 in their conference, a great league. They defeat your argument about Houston not getting tested in their league, the American. 10 of this team's 12 conference wins have come by double digits in a great league. Right now, if we're going to look at things down the middle and look for clear front runners, there's no team, to me, that represents front runner more than the 22-3 and three Alabama Crimson Tide. They had an off day against Oklahoma. Outside of that, for the better part of the last two months, they've been nails. Brandon Miller is exceptional. That freshman class is the best in college basketball. They have guard play. They've got the best tempo in the country. And you could tell me that maybe you're concerned about three-point shooting, and if they have an off day, what happens? But guess what? there be a deli line of reasons why you shouldn't pick Team X or Team Y or this or that. Or <laughs> Alabama has dominated the Southeastern Conference. Let's put respect on the Tide's name here. Four weeks away from Selection Sunday, they're the team. They're the team that I'm trusting the most. They're the team that I'm putting a ticket on. We're presented by Bet Rivers, as we always are, by the way. But the Tide are my team. I'm riding the tide. Who's with me? 
I, I it's hard for me to argue that. And <laughs> yeah, I that's a good argument. That's a good argument, Fanta. Brandon Miller play. I absolutely love it. Um, even the dunk yesterday versus Auburn, where he was kind of turning around and the eyes and everything. Um, to go through that league and have an undefeated record. Uh, the last team, I think, to do it, to go 18-0, and or the first team to go 18-0, and I know it was the 2014 Florida Gators. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but I, I don't know uh, if they run the table. They've got Tennessee coming up. But what they're doing is so impressive. And to your point about the three-point line, and I know that's the argument, can they live and die with the three I think they're fourth in the country in three-point field goal attempts per game. What happens if they get to the tournament and have an off night? But to Fanta's point, they haven't had an off night yet. (laughs) And they're undefeated in the league. And you're talking about, like, environments in the SEC. I mean, Auburn, the the environment in Auburn is top-notch since Bruce Pearl's been there. Um, You know, they're undefeated. They're unscathed. So – we want to talk about the three-point shooting and what happens when they don't make shots. Well, they're undefeated in a very difficult league right now. So, Fanta, I agree with you. Um, are they my pick to win a national championship right now? Uh, I don't know the outcome of the Purdue game yet, so I'm, I'm still sticking with Purdue. But, man, it's it's hard not to pick them. Yeah, I think oh, just yeah, to, but, to add to that, just to add to that too, Fanta, like it's it's not just one guy taking the threes either like they got some depth too and you know looking through their schedule they it's not like they're not defending you know so that they're still going to be defending in march as well so i think with with depth the way they're defending multiple guys taking these threes it's a lot harder to have an off night when you when it's a lot of guys taking them not just one dude so i mean you know obviously they're looking great but it's still open to me as well my goodness gracious northwestern is up by four on purdue what with less than 40 seconds to go Fanta, hold on. Make sure the listeners know. Okay, I told you we came on the air. Purdue was up eight. You were saying Purdue's going to win this game. I kept saying there's a lot of possessions left in this (laughs) basketball game. There's a lot of possessions left, and you had had the game sealed. You must have been like Purdue's players right now. Purdue probably thought they had the game sealed, and now all of a sudden they're down four. Wow. With with just about with four minutes to go, it was fifty-five to forty-seven. And in a oh span of about mm, three and a half minutes, Northwestern goes on a on a fourteen to two run. Smith just That's missed a big free throw. And Smith just missed a free throw. So our Super Sunday show just hit a different level here. Yeah. We're gonna be <laughs> reacting to the see, see producer Trevor. This is why we're here right now. This is why we came on the air at 4 Eastern time. We knew that this was going to be the day that maybe number one fell. The, the Cleveland Browns aren't even in the Super Bowl, so nobody cares about the Super Bowl today on the field of 68. Are you kidding? It's all and, basketball. Let's go. And that's the only time that the Cleveland Browns and Super Bowl will ever be mentioned in the same sentence. <laughs> only time. Uh, this is crazy. And and you know what? We got to talk about this here as, as there's 28.7 seconds left. Northwestern entered this game eight and five in the Big Ten, 17 and seven overall, and they entered it tied up for second place. And I think honestly, guys, as and we have a missed free throw by the Wildcats here, so yeah. they'll have a, a second here. It's big, big second free throw coming for Barry and the Wildcats up by three with 28 seconds. Tied Barry an 86% free throw shooter. Like this to me is is a reflection that it, we entered the year Northwestern was an afterthought in the yep. Big Ten, a real, real afterthought. As Purdue, they miss out on a three. They're going to keep it. It looks like with twenty point four seconds. But Geo, as this is going down in the wire, what have you seen from Northwestern that's allowed Northwestern to surprise everybody? I mean, they're defending at a high, high level, a high level. And it's team defense. They're united. I remember earlier in this game, the way they doubled Edie, you know, forced him straight into a turnover where he just threw it to nowhere. They're connected. And, I, and you know, obviously, Adige and Boo Booey, you know, two veteran guards who understand the system. They know what, what Coach Collins wants to do. 
and uh you know they've been through the battles and they've and they've they've had their losses like you know th- these two guys in previous years they they know what it feels like to lose games and, and they lost a lot of close ones over the past couple of years and i think that we're seeing this team you know not a lot of guys left not a lot of guys transferred out and you, and you know you see you're seeing this team stay together have that culture they know what it's like to lose and now they're coming back you know for everything that they lost in the past god that's such a good point Gio. like just guys that have been i like to use the word hardened they've yep. been through it yep. they've lost right their coach was on goodman's hot seat like that's not something to deal with right mm-hmm. that's that's not an easy thing to deal with i i, I think i was on goodman's hot seat right I'm, it's a hard <laughs> thing to deal with and it's almost like those two guards just like you mentioned they rallied around their coach and they're doing something special credit coach collins for blocking out all those distractions and locking in and focusing and getting his team to stay focused, because that's the other thing too. You know, every time you hit that little bird, that little light blue bird on your phone and it's negative, 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 everybody in the program that starts looking at it and reading it. And as much as you say, don't look at it, don't read it, don't look at it. You know, you, you guys are, are players. It's it's hard not to. Yep. It's hard not yeah. to hit the little blue bird. As adults, it's hard not to hit the little blue bird. And 100%. to block out that negativity and block out that noise and do what they're doing right now, that's a credit to those guards, those players that stayed in the program to stick with it and that coaching staff. It's impressive, man. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that were on that Goodman hot seat list that are now off that hot seat list that are having great years and to be able to block out that negativity, that noise from your fan bases, from everyone and just lock in. And that's what Northwestern's doing. And it's exciting. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Credit to those kids because there's guys that have stayed together on that roster. Boo Boo. He's just a leader has been for them and 24 points here today. To me, guys, there's nobody that that really represents leadership on that Northwestern team more than Chase Audish. I mean, his his ability to defend, make things happen. Northwestern is going to pull this off now. There's 12.8 seconds to go, and the Northwestern Wildcats lead the number one ranked Purdue Boilermakers, 64 to 58. College basketball is telling America on this Super Sunday why March is going to be the best again. Even on Super Bowl Sunday, College Hoops is reminding everybody, (laughs) hey, we got next, and here's why things are going to be fun. Because Northwestern is about to beat Purdue. It's hard to win. It's hard to win on the road, and it's hard to win. And, um, you know, every single possession – we talked about the stretch, the home stretch here, these games in February leading into March – they all matter, and the stakes are high. Seedings are on the line. Championships are on the line. Births are on the line, and that's why I do not turn your TV off and, and watch these games and tune into these games. It's over. At Welsh Ryan Arena, the madness has hit. They're storming the floor. Northwestern has taken down number one Purdue 64-58. to 58. It's a sea of black at Welsh Ryan Arena on blackout day. The Wildcats have just made the statement to the college basketball world that they're back, they're going to dance this year, and they are a team to be reckoned with and potentially get this. Why not Northwestern for second best in the Big Ten at this moment? They're in second place after this win. They just beat the best team in America. Unbelievable, Fish. I, I mean, wow, what a what a win. What a win for their program. Uh, again, just credit those players for staying. In yep. today's day and age, you know, let me see what's out there. Let me see where I can go. Let me jump in the portal. I don't have to sit out. No, I'm staying. I'm seeing this through. Boo-booey, I'm seeing this through. I started my career. I came to play for Coach Collins. This is where I want to finish my career. Let's go do something special this last year, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more, Fanta. You know, credit to those guys. You know, even, you know, credit to Adiz today. Didn't even have a great shooting game, you know, but obviously these guys still defended at a high level, only held Purdue to 58 points. And, um, you know, 
pretty bad three-point shooting as well. I think they shot 22% from three. So, you know, happy for those guys for, you know, sticking it out and finding ways to, other ways to win other than just scoring. I think, yeah, I, I think you you got to look at what's the formula now to, to take down Purdue. Right. You know, you saw Maryland. They did, you know, pressing back to zone. They had some success even though they lost the game. The double teaming of Edie. He's done a great job of trying to avoid those double teams by right when it hits his hands, making quick moves. But if you can get there on the catch, I I think trying to deny passes, make catches hard, extend those wing entries where the ball can just dump into him from the wing. But if you can get there on the catch, almost like a surprise attack, you know, some teams like to double from the baseline too, which is harder for him to see even with his size but I think if you can get there on the catch and you can rotate out and contest shots, you know, much like Northwestern, they should, you know, Purdue shoots a bad percentage there. They were five for 22, 22%, like Gio said. But if you can contest those shots and get the ball out of his hands, maybe that's the recipe to take him down. Yeah. And just to to, to add to that too, I think where he's getting his catches, you you mentioned it, you know, he's doing a good job of, of catching and going right up. But it's easy for him to do that when it's it's right in front of the hoop. If you can push him out just a little bit beyond that block, that's when it starts to get a little bit harder for him, and he has to think about what type of move he's doing. Today he had six turnovers. Like, you know, we are starting to see that recipe of, you know, get him out, you know, can't be too close to that rim because at the end of the day he is 7'5", seven, 7'7", seven, seven, whatever, whatever he did. <laughs> he's Shaq. When he has his position, it's over. It's over. So you got to do your best to get him out of that position and then try to force him into some tough passes and, like you said, close out on some of these shooters. Man, we've got to take a break here on the Field of 68. Super Sunday special edition of After Dark. We'll react more to number one Purdue falling to Northwestern, and we're going to get Geo Baker's updated take on the state of the Big Ten. How would he power rank this league? Plus... Memphis was in action today. Matt McCall has some thoughts on Penny Hardaway and the Tigers. That's all coming up here on Sirius XM College Channel 84. We're back after this. Wow. What's up, Trevor? Wow, indeed. I guess I'm glad we're doing a show, huh? (laughs) Unbelievable. I don't even think I there's mean, I don't even think there's chat questions. I think everybody's just stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a team that that entered the year. They lost their two bigs to Duke and North Carolina. Young to Duke, Nance to North Carolina. How are those two programs doing right now? And you said it, Geo, guys that that been on Northwestern, guys that stuck around. Yep. And what a great court storming, honestly. I don't know if you guys saw it as as I did. That was an elite-level court storm by the student section. And Coach McCall, you brought this up. I mean, with Chris Collins, Northwestern has only ever gone to March Madness one time before this. It was under Chris. Yeah, and it was a controversial call. Remember that? What's that? Wasn't it a controversial call at the end of the game that knocked him out of the tournament? Yeah, all that. 30 seconds. but I think I think the point is, and and I want to talk to you about this here. Uh, we're coming back. We're thirty. Uh, twenty. Well, let's let's talk about this for a second. Um, out of the break. Ten seconds. Here we go. Three, two. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number one goes down in college basketball. Northwestern comes back from an eight-point deficit late to take down number one, Purdue, 64-58, to the final at Welsh Ryan Arena. They are going bonkers at Welsh Ryan. An epic court storm. The Wildcats are dancing on the floor, and we're talking about it with you right now. Sirius XM College, Channel 84. It's Field of 68 after dark. In the afternoon on this Super Sunday, John Fanta, Geo Baker, Matt McCall. We're taking a deep dive, folks, on number one, falling. Purdue loses 64-58. to Now, before we talk a little bit about Northwestern, Purdue in this game, Zach Eady goes for 24 points and eight rebounds. He played very well. Eady did have six turnovers, though. And Purdue as a team ended up with 16 turnovers. So, for either of you, is there a little bit of a turnover problem here for Purdue? Because it seems like this is something that's coming up when they do have some of their flaws, when they do have some of those areas. Is this something that should be cause for concern as the season intensifies here and you get into, you know, your winner go home games. I, I mean, I, I, go ahead, uh, go ahead man. I, I mean, I was going to say that, you know, it's, it's a cause for concern come March, you know, it's a way for them to lose. Is it a problem? I, I don't want to go that far. You know, at the end of the day, they're 23 and three, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't really call anything a problem when that's your record. Um, You know, but, and we were saying this earlier in the show too, but that we're starting to see a recipe of how they can lose. And we're starting to see a recipe of what their weaknesses are and turnovers are part of it. And at the end of the day, this backcourt is a young backcourt. They're, they're freshmen and Edie is turnover prone when you pressure him the, the right way. And he showed it today with six turnovers. So is it something that is a weakness and, and teams can use that against them? Absolutely. Is it a problem? I can't say that when when they've they've only lost three they've only lost three games all year. I, I'm I couldn't agree with Gio more. Um, you've got a young backcourt, um, like we saw with the court storming, unbelievable environment today. They're twenty three and three, so it's it's hard to say that they'll you know throw up the red flag. It's you know watch out. You know they're done. They're, they have no shot to get to Houston. Like no, they're still one of the best teams in the country that played in a difficult environment on the road and credit Northwestern for the way they played. Um, but again, what's the recipe? How, how do teams now attack them? Uh, pressuring the guards, especially when that ball gets across half court. If you have, now here's the other key Fanta. If, if you have guards that can do it, do you yeah. have guards that can guard the ball <laughs> that can go out there and pressure? Because some teams don't have that. I'm just calling it like it is like, there's guys and guards that can't guard the ball at midcourt. They'll get beat off the bounce. So if you have the guards that can pressure, if you have the length and athleticism to challenge passes on the wings, and if you have someone strong enough inside to try and get Edie off the block, right? Can Is there someone on your team that can meet him when he's running down the floor, getting to the halo, and you can meet him at the conference logo just below the free throw line so he doesn't get – position especially in transition running the floor like those are all if you have right and then once they get into their sets and they're running it and you want to double the post when you double the post you're putting two on the ball it's like pick and roll coverage you're committing two to the basketball so if he's throwing it out that means someone on the floor is open because you got two guys on the ball so if he finds that open man does that guy make the shot so there's a lot of what ifs they're still one of the best teams in the country. Credit Northwestern for how they played. Um, but can your team pressure guards? Can they get out and deny passing lanes? And when you double team, can they be really, really good, not only with your rotations to getting out to shooters, but with your closeouts and not getting beat off the bounce? 
Purdue has committed 49 turnovers over the last three games. 49. They've had at least 16 turnovers in the last three. So I'm going to take it a step further than both of you because, yes, they are 23-3. and And, yes, I do still believe they can make a deep run. But when you turn the basketball over, you leave yourself susceptible to falling into a trap against anybody. And the other thing is, when Purdue's been set in a half court, whether they're on offense or defense, you could argue that they're the best team in the sport. All right? You really could. And they've been a top 25 defensive team all season long. They've, that's been a huge difference for this team, is that they've been great defensively. But today and in the last 10 days, these turnovers have been a problem. Now, it didn't come back to bite them at all against Iowa, but it did against Indiana, and it did against Northwestern. You can both say it's difficult to win on the road in the Big Ten. It's difficult to win on the road in any conference. There's no question about that. While also saying that for the Boilers, this is as much cause for concern as they've had all year. Yeah. And in a sport where timing is everything, eh, not the best time for it to happen because – I guess my point is when you lose two of three guys, you both have been in locker rooms. You both know how things work. When you've lost two of three, Gio, do you as players say, we got this, we're good? Or do you as players start to have that moment of, you know what? Okay, we have committed 16 or more turnovers in three straight games. Like, guys, we've got to correct this now if we're going to be the team we want to be in March. How's that all go? I I think it's both. I think it's both. They're... Like like we just said, you know they've lost three games all year. So that yes, we we are good. We we are firmly in the in the NCAA tournament. We are firm. I think they've already clinched a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. So the mindset is yes, we are good. And then it's also yeah, we got to correct this because it's a lot bigger than just going to the NCAA tournament. It's a lot bigger than getting that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. We are trying to go to Houston. So I think it's a little bit of both. You you do understand that you have the problem, and Coach Painter is an amazing coach. I have a ton of respect for him. He's going to make sure to point out what's going on. He's going to make sure to point out the turnovers. He's he's going to hold the entire team accountable. But I think he also has that calming presence of like, look, this is where we're at in the season. And we are still a very, very good basketball team. But we just need to correct this one thing because we want to do more than just a double buy. We want to do more than just make the NCAA tournament. We're trying to win the NCAA tournament. So I think I think it's a little bit of both. And, and I'll admit I've never I've never been in the position of Purdue. I've never only lost three games in a season. So, but th- that's how I would approach it if I was in their position. Yeah, I mean, I you look at you go even going back to the Indiana game, they turned it over 16 times uh in that game as well. They have a three-game lead. I was just looking this up. They have a three-game lead with five games to play to win a conference championship, a regular season championship, too. Um, so, and I'm not saying this is happening with Purdue and I, I, I think you got to give all the credit in the world to Northwestern, but you know, is there, Hey, we're like Gio said, we're going to be okay. Like we, we, we're, we hold our own destiny. We got a chance to win a championship. We're in a great position, but man, that game on Thursday at six 30 at Maryland, that's going to be a big one that's because big they're going to get pressed. And that whole turnover thing is going to come back into the equation here. Um, taking care of the basketball in that game will be the number one key for Purdue to pull out that game because it's going to be rocking on Thursday night. Matt McCall, Geo Baker with me. I'm John Fanta. We're going to talk a little bit about Northwestern, who wins this game 64-58. to 58. Amazing victory over Purdue. Chris Collins is in his 10th year at the helm of the Wildcats. And he entered this season firmly on that hot seat that you talked about, Matt. And and, and life on it certainly is not easy. But I would say this. Northwestern, for all intents and purposes, just booked their second all-time trip to the NCAA tournament. And it's not a coincidence that, that the two, when they hear their name called four weeks from now, 
the two will have come under the same guy in Chris Collins. I guess the the thought that I have is, is there sometimes a divide between what we expect in general of the Big Ten coach versus maybe in a specific spot like Northwestern, where Chris has been there for a while, like what he needs to do to have success, and also kind of how cold that 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 hot seat can be, if you will, because it's not like he just learned how to coach this season again or figure something out. Can you speak to that? I, in fact, I think, but I think there's something to be said. Like, even as a first, I don't care how many years he was an assistant coach at Duke, he's a first time head coach. So, and I, it's interesting because Matt Painter said this to me this summer. I had an opportunity to sit down and chat with him a little bit just about growing as a coach. You learn who you can coach, how to recruit, uh, how to handle yourself in games better, where I even look at myself as a head coach the first few years, like my anxiety on the sideline of running up and down and arguing every single call, like that's not helping anybody. It's not helping anybody, right? I had to go through that and learn that. And, you know, for Coach Collins, it was his first head coaching job. Oh, by the way, you know, in one of the best leagues in the country. And there's no question he's learned, he's grown, he's gotten better. He's been hardened. He's gone through things and, that's what it's all about. And to see what they're doing this year. And I know they went, he took him to the first tournament ever. So he, like you said, he knows how to coach, but there's other things in terms of your team's culture, managing a staff, you know, all those types of things that you got to get better at to have success. And you've got to have the right people around you to have success. And that's what he's doing. And the fact that those players did stay and they stuck with him, and to block out all that negativity and to see what they're doing now, uh, I think it's it's unbelievable. It, you know, especially with guys that have shown they can win. You know, to say there needs to be a coaching change, that guys that are proven and they've shown they can win, and that maybe we'll get into Chris Holtman and Ohio State here in a little bit. Um, but my thing is, like, who are you going to get? This guy's shown he can do it, and he's shown he can do it at this place. And just to make a change, just to make a change, doesn't make a lot of sense when the guy's learning and growing and he's sitting right there and he's got his team in an unbelievable position. They're second in the conference right now. They're going to the NCAA tournament and who knows what's going to happen these next five games, right? Purdue's shown they can be beaten. Don't count Northwestern now to, to win a title. Hmm. We'll talk more about that and hit on other storylines across the country. After this, you're listening to feel the 68 after dark Sirius XM college channel 84. And you're clear. Trevor, we got anything in the chat? Let's see. Uh, is Alabama the no doubt new number one come Monday? 1,000%. Absolutely. Absolutely. That take at the start of the show aged well. That take aged as well <laughs> as the take that the Purdue-Northwestern game aged poorly. Was over. Aged poorly. I mean, they were up by eight with less than four to go. Did we get that on sure air, or was that before we hit start? I'm wondering if there's before. a clip of that. I think it was before. Dang. Was it? What's that? Oh, me being wrong? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we weren't on the air yet. Don't, Trevor. I won't. Absolutely I won't. not. I won't. Don't worry. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I got you. Um, what else we got? Let's see. Zuko says, does Illinois, or anyone else for that matter, have a chance of sneaking up on Purdue now? It's a two-and-a-half game lead. I don't well, think so. No. I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think, think there's so. enough games. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's. Enough They're games. not gonna. I, I think the game at Maryland 30. is is gonna be very very tough. It's gonna be a difficult game. Um, but I, I just think that you know they've got home games coming down the stretch. To they would have to completely implode in my yeah. opinion to not win the regular season. Yeah. Illinois at Purdue, by the way, last game of the season. I'll just throw that out there. Here we go. Three. It's the Field of 68 after dark in the afternoon on this Super Sunday, wherever you're listening. 
Great to have you with us. I'm John Fanta. Geo Baker's here. Matt McCall's here. And if you're listening to us right now, good on you because you are a college hoops junkie. And today I feel like right now the junkies are getting rewarded because you follow the sport every day. And even if you're getting ready for the big game, and trust me, I can hear the air fryer going in the kitchen. All right. <laughs> There's some things happening here that I'm very excited about right after we get off the air. Which which begs the question, Geo Baker. The best Super Bowl party appetizer dish is Man, I'm I go with the chips and dip. You know, classic glazed chips, French onion dip. I don't, I've never been a wings person. I don't like my hands getting like, <laughs> I, I just, I can't do it. So like, <laughs> I, I like wings, but I, you know, for, if I'm just trying to hang out with the friends, you know, and you know, the family chips and dip is, is solid for me. And it's, it's, uh, it's efficient. It's efficient for me. So. Okay. To that. I'm a oh. chip guy too. I, I like chips. Uh, I like like a good like southwestern dip. Throw some salsa in there. We get the cheese uh, kind of going over the top yeah. with some beans. Mix it up there. Get just the regular Tostitos chips. I kind of like the scoop ones, so you can kind of get in there and get after <laughs> it a little bit. Uh, my wife too. She's got some stuff going on out there. She's got pizza bites. She's got pigs in a blanket. Not sure my nine, seven, and one year old really know what the Super Bowl is, but. Uh, we've got the appetizers rolling, and we're we're going to celebrate it. Let me tell you something right now. Here's my list of top three Super Bowl appetizers, okay? <laughs> this is an expert opinion, can't be argued with. First off, wings are in their own column, kind of like what Gio said. Either you love them or you're just not a wing guy. Most people do love them. So I'm not including wings because they're just in their own class. It's a totally separate argument okay for me number three is pepperoni bread if you can find it get it and if you can have (laughs) it slice that up warm it up if you'd like you can have it at room temperature it's flexible pepperoni bread comes in at number three for me number two is the potato skins oh big potato skin guy Big, big potato skin. Big Scott. potato skin guy. I love that, Coach. I love that you're on the Big potato skin guy. Huge. You can mix cheese and bacon on a potato. <laughs> potato. Do Nothing not miss better. it. My, fit, my yearly physical is not scheduled for tomorrow morning. <laughs> and yours shouldn't be either. Okay, folks? That's advice from all of us in the field of 68 after dark. Don't see your doctor this week. Potato skins are number two. Number one for me mozzarella sticks all the way <laughs> yeah they are the lombardi trophy of you the would like just like the the basic appetizers just like the straight just potato skins you can get the platter going yeah. you can go get the you platter got a full sampler platter there you go now what's happening in the background before we get back to college hoops in my kitchen right now here's how great of a better half i've got she is slicing up potatoes into very thin thin chips instead of doing the lays classic bag geo we're then putting those in the air fryer seasoning them they're homemade in this house (laughs) we take it to this is not a wild card weekend game this is not week 12 in the nfl this is the super bowl this is the super bowl we're going big or and if you can't go big today then just go home by the way these guys are going to pick the game in our last segment but how's that sound Everybody can get on board with that? That's, yeah, man. I I wish I was over there the way yeah. you're talking right now. Absolutely. <laughs> man. Damn. So uh, let's turn to some other storylines here, other headlines around the sport. Memphis in action today. Now, if you look at Bracket Matrix, which is a composite of every major uh, bracket, our Fielding the 68 show is on with you twice a week. You can catch it on Field of 68 Twitter. Field of 68 YouTube. The guys do a terrific job giving you a bracket. And Memphis is helping themselves here. I mean, it looks like they are they're in a position where if Selection Sunday was right now, we'd be hearing their name for all intents and purposes. They go to 19 and 6 today, an 86 to 77 win over Temple. Now, if you composite all the brackets together right now, they're viewed statistically as an 11 seed, 11 or a 10, somewhere around there. Coach McCall, could people be sleeping on the Memphis Tigers and why? Well, I think, first of all, did they get the best transfer in the country? You could make an argument 
with that and the way that he's playing this year in Kendrick Davis had 21 today four assists um, was just absolutely outstanding. DeAndre Williams, the other senior 26 and 12. Uh, I think Penny Hardaway is a really, really good coach. Again, new to college basketball in terms of being a head coach, uh, taking over for his alma mater. There was all kinds of expectations. He really went out and tried to put, you know, his stamp on the nation in terms of recruiting by taking all this talent, getting the best players in the country, and maybe through growing and developing as a head coach, hey, I don't, I, I, I'm not necessarily need to do that. Maybe uh, I need to take more of these types of guys and less McDonald's All Americans and five stars. Maybe going into the portal and getting some guys that have been hardened and been through some stuff is better for him, better for his personality as a head coach. He had to learn that. And that's what he's doing. They're in second place right now in the American. Uh, what are they, two and a half games back out of Houston? They're tied with Tulane, who Ron Hunter, turning that program around, putting them in the position that they're in right now is an, another unbelievable coaching job. But do not sleep on that Memphis team. Those two guys are really, really talented players. They've got other good role players on the team. And I think Penny Hardaway is a good basketball coach that is growing and developing and getting better. And I would not want to see that team, not with Kendrick Davis in that backcourt in March, you know, especially if they're if they're seated lower than somebody and they've got to line up and play them. That's a tough out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree ahead. with Coach. I, I, you know, I just wanted to throw in there, too, that basketball is a game of adjustments. And, you know, every team is going to face these hardships. Every coach is going to face, you know, these hardships. And Coach Hardaway right now, he's he's showing that he's able to take those and adjust and learn from it. And, and you know, basketball is a game of adjustments. It's a game of learning, and, and he's showing that. He has the ability to learn and grow and and you know find ways to win, which ultimately is what what's keep, what keeps you paid in college basketball. So you know he's he's making sure to to you know do those just adjustments accordingly. Fanta, how about this? They got Houston twice coming down the stretch. Ooh. They've got to go to Houston next weekend, and then they've got them back at home in March. So. Mm -hmm be very interesting to watch those two games and can they knock them off one of those two if they if they beat if they split and handle their business coming down the stretch that's the other thing too you know for all these teams for all these teams trying to get at larges that are quote unquote on that bubble for any teams really at this point in year you can't lose bad games you can't lose games to teams that you're supposed to beat uh, like Iowa today, you know, versus Minnesota. I'm, and I'm not trying to knock Minnesota. They've had a difficult year. I think they've won seven games going into today. Iowa can't lose that game, right? Yeah. And Iowa's not on the bubble, but like they can't lose. You can't lose games at this point in the year versus teams that you're supposed to beat, especially uh, if you're on that bubble. I mean, for Iowa, it's it's about seeding right now, really. Um and you can't lose that game, and you got to be able to handle your business. So, you know, Memphis, don't lose games coming down the stretch that you're supposed to win. And if you can split one of those two with Houston, they're going to put themselves in a really good position. The Memphis Tigers have won seven of their last eight games. And that one loss came by a point to Tulane. Tulane, one of the, one of the better teams in the American, but that's, that's also kind of life in the American, where they don't have much room for air with where they're at, but they have been able to rack up wins, accumulate wins. And, and we'll see if they could, if they could beat Houston, they're going to own a win that very few teams has. And Alabama is one of those teams. They beat the Cougars head to head. And I think we'll see those two teams at the top of the AP poll tomorrow. We'll hit on other weekend takeaways. We'll get Geo Baker's big 10 power rankings. We'll get coach McCall's, thoughts and we'll pick the super bowl it's the field of 68 after dark sirius xm college channel 84 that's up next and you're clear man i might have to re-pick this top five man damn i know at the northwest it's hard <laughs> it's hard you know and man. you think about it here <clears throat> for northwestern right up next um, they've got Indiana. Yep. Where's the game? Uh, the game 
The game is at Northwestern Wednesday night. Wow. So how about Indiana this week? Indiana's got Northwestern out there, and they're home to Illinois Saturday. So huge week. Yep. Huge week for Big Ten positioning. How about this? Northwestern nine, Indiana nine and five, Northwestern nine and five, Illinois eight and five, Maryland eight and six, Iowa eight and six, Rutgers eight and six, Michigan State eight and six, Michigan eight and six. No, it's it's crazy. It's, it's it's nasty. One, it's nasty. One, two, three, four, thirty five, seconds, six, seven, eight teams within it, a half a game of each other are tied. It, it's eight. gross. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable, man. Yeah, yeah it is. It's crazy. It is. Watch out for Maryland. Their schedule sets up very well for them. I, I like that team. Yep. I like that team. You too. Ten seconds. I do too. All right, we're gonna hit on. We're gonna Gio. We're gonna get your rankings. We'll have Coach McCall react, and we'll hit on some other weekend we takeaways. Three, we'll get out. Two. It's Super Sunday. It's the Field of 68 After Dark Sirius XM College Channel 84 presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, looking for some merchandise ahead of March Madness with four weeks away from Selection Sunday? Head to fieldof68.shop. Head on over there. Check out what we've got. We've got some great, great stuff over there. Fieldof68.shop from Daddy Brad to... Oh, our Friar shirt, best team in the country, best player in the country, best coach in the country, boiler up. Well, that team just lost to Northwestern today. Wildcats beating Purdue 64-58. But head on over to fieldof68.shop. Check out the Field of 68 daily from Mike Miller. You can subscribe. Head to our social platforms at the Field of 68 for the latest news and notes around college basketball. John Fanta, Geo Baker, Matt McCall, our producer Trevor Valise, Anthony Garangelo with you. So, Geo Baker, after this Northwestern win over Purdue, it's time for Geo's updated top five Big Ten teams. And it's really hard to figure out. It's nasty. It's nasty. Fire away, Geo. All right. So, first off, before I say it, and Coach McCall just said this off air, but let's just go through the standings real quick. Yeah. Other than Purdue. So, you have Indiana 9-5, Northwestern 9-5, Illinois 8-5. And then you have Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Michigan all at eight and six. So it's nasty right now. Ooh, it's it's hey. it's gross. Um, for my top five, I still have Purdue at number one. Uh, you know, obviously they lost today, but overall body of work, you know, where they're at right now at this point in the season, they're still overall number one team in the Big Ten. Second, I have Indiana. I think they're playing great basketball right now. Trace Jackson Davis is an absolute monster. You know, they're defending. Jalen Hutchifino is a great playmaker. And, um, you know, obviously they got Race Thompson back now as well. So I got I have Indiana. Third, I have Illinois. I still have them over Northwestern. I, I love their team. I love their versatility. I think that they're they're a team that can that can make a run in March Madness for sure, just the way that, you know, they play. The style of play is more similar to the rest of the country versus the rest of the Big Ten. And then I have Northwestern, and I have Iowa for my fifth team. Oof. All right, it's I got Iowa as your fifth team. I got Iowa as my fifth team. I I like. I, I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna roll through this really quick. I'm gonna go Purdue, Indiana. Um, I I agree with Geo on Illinois. I, I think they're right there too. Um, but I'm gonna go Maryland. Tor, I like that Maryland team. I'm very interested to watch that game on Thursday night versus Purdue. Um, and then, man, it's tough. It's tough. I may, I may go with Geo's alma mater. I, I may throw the Scarlet Knights in there at five. The toughness, the defense, um, inside play. So, yeah, I, that's going to be my top five. I'm going to leave it there. I said I keep it short. I'm going to keep it short. Did you have Northwestern? He did not. I did not. Golly, <laughs> it's hard. It's tough, it's, man. It's, it's so tough. hard, especially at it's this tough. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, I, I just – Did I you both Maryland. have Indiana, too? We both had Indiana too, and I agree a, with that. I agree with Indiana being two. It's a toss up for me between Rutgers and Northwestern, but it's hard to not. And they both, right? They've both taken them down. They've both Dude. taken Purdue down. So they it's have. like, who's... my thing. My thing right now with my guys at Rutgers is Mawat Mag is a huge loss, a huge go. loss. There you go. And, that makes and, sense. Okay. And it's and it's I don't know, man. It's that's tough to overcome. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. 
he really helps them and and he helps them both defensively with the way he guards multiple positions yeah but also i think his offensive skill set has co- had really been coming along long way and, and he kept he willed Rutgers in the first half of the michigan state game yep yeah i thought he fit perfectly with the look. offensive scheme too so, and, and now you got andre hyatt who you know was coming off the bench as a scorer and now you put him in the starting lineup so you got to adjust your game a little bit. You're not you're not the main scorer, you know, as a as a starting player. So it's a little bit different now. But that's tough. Yeah, that's a good hoping, point. Hoping they'll figure it out, though. Hoping that's they'll figure point. it out. So we're all in agreement here that Alabama should be ranked number one when the poll comes out tomorrow. Let's think about what else has happened this weekend. All right, couple of overarching takeaways. In our final minutes, Texas maintains the top spot in the Big 12. They beat West Virginia by 34. Amazing what Rodney Terry's done there. You consider a, a coaching change after much drama with Chris Beard and that Longhorns veteran team just they, they kept on keeping on and they're they're in the top spot in the Big 12. Top 25 showdown between UConn and Creighton taken by the Blue Jays. They've won eight in a row. Craig McDermott's team. Really playing high-level basketball in 11-3 in the Big East. Virginia beats Duke in controversial fashion, but they win in overtime 69-62. Tennessee suffered two buzzer-beater losses this past week. They lost to Vanderbilt and then Missouri. A brutal, heartbreaking week for the Volunteers as the wind been cut from their sails. Oklahoma State goes to Iowa State and wins 64-56. Massive win for Mike Boyden's crew. Kansas State falls to Texas Tech. It's also life in the Big 12. Arizona lost to Stanford last night. We haven't talked a ton about that, but like another top five team did lose last night. They lost to Stanford 88 to 79. I guess my point is in a weekend of all kinds of things happening in a sport with some chaos, not some, a lot of chaos happening, a lot of different results. Matt McCall, what would be a, a reflection point on, on the weekend? Maybe a team, a team or a, or something that stands out to you outside of what we saw with number one just falling here in the last hour? Oh, man, it was it was an exciting weekend, to say the least. And I, I just want to say this, too, even going back to the Tennessee game, and everyone is going to want to talk about the missed free throws, right, by Vescovy. Like, everyone's going to want to talk about that. And it happened in back-to-back games. But more importantly than that, the missed free throws, go to the possessions that really, really mattered. And the three versus Vandy, how Vandy gets the three. Tennessee blows a dribble handoff coverage. That's going to be has to run all the way over and help. And the ball gets kicked out by unbelievable play selection by Jerry by Jerry Stackhouse. Like the play call to get the guy the three in the corner. The guard made the right play. He got downhill. Mannion gets down the, down the, down the hill. He throws it out. Lawrence wide open. They're like great play call by Jerry Stackhouse. Like the, the, he doesn't get enough credit, right, for, for the job that he's doing. And then in the Missouri game, and Missouri was up 15 in that game, but the free throw line, Vescovy goes to the foul line, and he misses the first. They have a three. Sean East goes to the foul line in possession four. He misses the first, makes the second. Tennessee's still up three. Vescovy misses the front, or still up two. Vescovy misses the front end, or the first free throw, and then they have a lane violation. They have a lane violation. So it's not the missed free throws. It's the lack of discipline defensively, and it's the lack of discipline in the lane violation. But I, I think that those two games for Tennessee with how well they've been playing and even going back to the Florida loss, they lose in a rivalry game. But I just thought it was a great weekend for college basketball, the upsets, and even going back to what you talked about earlier too, Fanta, like the home stretch here is going to be so important, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. Geo. Any any of those results that really stuck out? You got about sixty seconds. I'm not even going to add anything. I was going to talk about Tennessee as well, so I'll just I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. Fan, I'll let you do your thing for this last minute. To me, Oklahoma State was the one who gained the most yesterday by going to Iowa State and winning. That's a big win for Mike Boyden because they've they've had some ups and downs, but they now find themselves seven and five in the Big Twelve. The Cowboys last year, remember, they were kept from the big dance. They had that very strange NCAA punishment. I think that's a really nice redemption story. And Boyden handled that well. Good for them. Tell you what, Kentucky has not helped themselves, folks. 
I mean, if the tournament started right now, it'd be hard to put the Wildcats in anywhere else than Dayton maybe, but they really damaged themselves this past week with the home loss to Arkansas. We've got like 20 seconds, McCall. Well, Fanta, here he goes. Here's the only thing I'll say. They're currently at 16-9 and and 7-5 and in the league. They've got Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, Florida, Vandy, and Arkansas on the schedule. If they can go to four and two these next six games, they're 20 and 11. Let's say they get two wins in the SEC tournament, 22 and 12. Tough to keep BBN out. Yeah. Hey, they do that, yeah. they're not being left out. Even if they get three, they're not being left out. But that's a tough schedule. All the more reason why Alabama should be ranked number one because they've handled all those teams in some way, shape, or form. Hey, for Matt McCall, for Geo Baker, for Trevor Valise, I'm John Fanta. Enjoy the Super Bowl because after that, college hoops take center stage. This has been Field of 68 After Dark. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.